It is Thursday, November 3rd. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy who should receive hazard pay for working with Maselli, J.P. Shadrick. <laughs> Maybe we all should. Welcome in. Jaguars Happy Hour on a Thursday. It's week 13. The Jaguars face the Vikings. We have a busy show ahead, a Jaguars-Vikings preview. The Jags are headed to U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis for a 1 o'clock Eastern time kick against a team that's up against it in the NFC playoff picture. They need to win to keep hope alive for a wild card. The Jaguars are out of the race in the AFC, of course. We'll break down the game coming up. A little more on the aftermath of the Dave Caldwell firing after the game Sunday. Tony Baselli, speaking of, joins us at 4.30 and the Doug Marone Show at 5 o'clock. And the head coach will join us from TIAA Bank Field. Jeff Lagerman with us now on this Thursday, as he is every week from the home studio. And here we are into December, Logs. Five weeks left. Uh, yeah, we're kind of counting them down, right? I mean, it's 10 consecutive yeah. losses for this football team. And, uh, you know, you're talking about now draft positioning with the general manager being fired. I mean, there's not a – I mean, it's it's kind of a somber type gloom, I guess you could say, around this franchise right now because it, it's not even in the conversation. You know, we, me and you were talking just a minute ago about how nice it is to get to December and talk about ways in which your team can get in the playoffs and we're not having that conversation and that's that's disappointing with this football team because and I don't want to say we had high expectations I mean the expectations weren't very high to begin with because it's a, a young football team that uh, the youngest roster in the National Football League but but the one thing you want to see is at least improvement and uh, and I don't know if if we can say that we're see we're seeing improvement, I think, from early on when this team was getting boat raced by by quite a few points and are more competitive right. the last couple of weeks, but uh, it's it's not the most positive thing, JP, and that's the reality. You know, I get I get those to your point. I get those emails now. This is time of year where the league sends out playoff possibilities each week. If if this happens, then Team A gets in the playoffs or gets this spot in the playoffs and. It's like, man, I can't delete those emails fast enough right now. I'll be honest with you. I'm just tired of seeing it. I know. I know. I mean, it's, it's not easy, right? But uh, it is no. what it is. And, you know, and I, I think that uh, the fan base wanted to see some type of institutional change. And when I say yeah. change, I mean, they, they, there's got to be some type of change of leadership at the top. And after this past game with Dave Caldwell getting fired, I, I think that's obviously – a step that will give the fan base hope that this thing can get better with the Jaguars because when when you have essentially what was seven double-digit loss season uh, under a general manager out of eight seasons in which he presided over, that's not very good. And uh, it, it, I think most people that are on the outside look at it, and I think they're very surprised that he was able to hold on to that job so long. Peter King wrote about it in his Monday morning quarterback, and he said just an amazing job that Dave Caldwell was able to hold on to his job. And, and look, I, I don't like you know, beating up Dave Caldwell because he got fired, but the reality is this is a production-based business. And when you roll out seven double-digit loss seasons, that, that production's not there. And, uh, and when, you, when you go into the National Football League, and you want to be a part of the National Football League, whether it be as a coach or a personnel guy, 
you better have thick skin and you also have the understanding that you could lose your job and that job security is not one of the greatest attractive parts of working in the National Football League, and that's just the reality of it. Track record on the draft side as well, not very strong at the top of the draft, of course. The first-round draft pick history here has not been great, certainly under Dave Caldwell's run here from 2013 to present. In that time, only four first-round draft picks remain on the roster. The, the guys picked the last three years, Brian, Allen, Henderson, Chase on. The others are gone for different reasons. Jokel's out of the league, Blake Bortles got paid, and then... He's on yeah, to Denver Joker's now. Been out of the league for a while. That's right. And then, um, so you can go through those, that, those lists of guys. Dante Fowler is not around here anymore. Jalen Ramsey got traded last year. And then Leonard Fournette was cut at the start of this season. So uh, he had some hits a little later in the draft, but you got to hit on those big guys, the cornerstones of your franchise, and it just didn't, it didn't work at the top of the draft for Dave Caldwell here. No, and uh, look, uh, it, when you draft, it's not always just one guy making the pick. I mean, you have, it's, it's a group effort. You have, you know, your college director of pro person or college director of personnel, and you have different scouts at different levels. And uh, so it, it is a little bit of a, a mix of people that come together to make that decision. But a couple surprising things. I mean, first and foremost, typically on a first-round pick, look, that's the general manager's pick. And then once you get later in the draft, then he has a tendency to rely more on his scouts. And that's, that's typical because a first-round pick, I mean, that's your signature pick. General manager is not going to let anybody else make that decision but him. And with the Jaguars, when you have a first-round pick, that's your highest percentage of being able to hit. And for the Jaguars, it hasn't been a very high percent. And for most organizations, that's a guy that you typically want to get into a second contract. That hasn't happened for the Jaguars. And so it, it's disappointing from, from that aspect and that those are the foundational players. You know, the draft is the lifeblood of any franchise. And if you're not picking well and you're not picking well at the top, which is the highest percentage of success rate, then that's a problem. And uh, too many times, this recently, this football team hasn't hit. And, and it's not just Dave Caldwell. I mean, you go back to, to Shaq Harris. I mean, this, this football team has not picked very well at the top of the draft, and this team has not been able to find a franchise quarterback in the draft. And that's, you got to find one. I mean, that's, that's, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs are sitting pretty, and they obviously got a generational player in Patrick Mahomes. But they knew the importance of the position to where when they had Alex Smith, they still drafted Patrick Mahomes. And Alex Smith was a really good player. I mean, one of the highest rated yes. quarterbacks in the National Football League, and you still drafted Patrick Mahomes. Well, you go back to that same year, the Jacksonville Jaguars were coming off of a year in which they had Blake Bortles and they were winning despite him. And so it was a perfect opportunity to do what the Kansas City Chiefs did. And you didn't even have to trade any picks. All you would have to have done is just is take them. And, yep. and you didn't do it. And Obviously, that's a, that's a big mistake, and I'm not even sure if the Jaguars did any work on quarterbacks that year because Dave Caldwell was still a big believer in Blake Bortles for some reason coming off of the year that he had previously, which was terrible. Um, and I like Blake. I mean, I, I think he's a good guy, and, and he's a tough guy, and he's a, he's a football player, but uh, you're not trying to find football players to play quarterback. You're trying to, play, trying to find quarterbacks to play quarterback.
You know, you get a, obviously, you have to remember in that uh, couple-year window, Tom Coughlin was at the top of the football world here as well. So that goes into that decision process for that no, uh, 17, on, 18, on, JP, 19 draft. I, I, see, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going there. I mean, you know, I, I mean, and, I, and I think that that's kind of been a little bit of a of a crutch. I mean, for because you know, Tom Coughlin. Well, it's was the, it's the truth. He, he, it's the facts. Well, it's a fact that he was he was making he had the ultimate say so. But but did That's Tom right. Coughlin go over to personnel and say, okay, I'm running the personnel department? You know, Tom Coughlin got more involved in coaching than he did in personnel. So I, I don't think Tom Coughlin was was in there putting his hands in personnel saying, we're picking that guy and we're picking that guy and we're picking that guy. And I don't care what you think. I don't think that was happening. You know, so uh, the reality is is that uh, you know w with Tom Coughlin being involved for a couple of years, I, I don't know if that ended up buying. Dave Caldwell some extra time or, or what, but uh, the reality is, is that he was able to stick around longer because of Tom Coughlin, because they won in, in 17 and won at a high level. But, I yes. mean, was Tom Coughlin making all the calls and, and draft picks? I mean, look, Tom Coughlin's ultimately responsible, and he should have been able to say that year, hey, look, what about Patrick Mahomes or what about Deshaun Watson? I mean, those would have been two great statements to make and obviously something that he should have explored further. But at the same token, I think that Tom, once he took the job, his main focal point at the beginning of this transition, when he was as an EVP, it was more of a, okay, I know what I do best, and that's coaching. I'm going to help Doug assemble a coaching staff, and then we'll worry about the personnel stuff later on. And, uh, and that obviously hurt. Tom should have uh, addressed the, the personnel side of things right then and there, and certainly should have addressed it from the standpoint of, look, we don't have a quarterback. We don't have a franchise guy, and we're going to get one. So let's look at the ones that we can possibly take in this spring's draft. All right, now moving ahead here, five more games to go, a month to play for the Jaguars here in 2020. Trent Baalke is the interim general manager. He'll get them through this season in terms of transactions and day-to-day -day football operations type of things, transactions, all that, as we said. Uh, Doug Marone and the coaching staff are safe through 2020. Shad Khan addressed that uh, after the game Sunday as well. So. For Doug Marone and the coaching staff, we're going to have Doug on at 5 o'clock on the Doug Marone Show. Um, this is what they have, five games, and then who really knows at that point, but you get an idea that there could be some, some more changes down the line at some point. So it's got to be tough for Doug and those guys. Uh, five games to go. They already have lost 10 in a row, Logs, and now you got to go out and get these guys going for one more month of football, knowing that change is likely on the way of some kind. Well, I mean, that, like, like I said before, when, when you sign up to be a coach or a personnel guy in the National Football League, uh, change is ine inevitable. And so I know Doug and the coaching staff, they realize it, but it's, it, it doesn't mean it's, it's good, I mean, or, or great. I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's tough on families. It's tough on uh, organizations. And, you know, the, the one thing I definitely feel for anybody that works in the National Football League when a team is not winning is sometimes the, the family can hear a lot of that noise, you know, whether it be coaches, kids, or personnel guys, kids, or look, even employees of the organization, kids, you know, sometimes are like, oh, the Jaguars suck, you know, and they're giving a kid a hard time because, okay, somebody's dad or mom works for the Jaguars. And I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the way it is sometimes. But uh, I think coaches, coaches know that when, when they sign up to be coaches, that there can be change and they have to be willing to move uh, but it but it's still it's, it's not a great situation and and yeah jp there probably will be some more change and we don't know exactly what that entails 
until a new general manager is hired and he looks at the organization and evaluates everything. And so uh, but it, it, it definitely will look different, I think, when we roll around to 2021. And this is this has been a tough year. I mean, tough year for for everybody, you know, from COVID yep. to coaches and working remotely and you're trying to put together and build a, a franchise and build an organization and build the concept of team and a really challenging one for Doug Marone and his coaching staff because of all those things that are different about 2020. You know, the COVID things that I mentioned and remote learning, not you know, having the ability. And, and so when you do all this and everything is so different, when you have the youngest roster in the National Football League and you trade away a lot of val valuable veteran, veterans, that makes it even harder. And so it's hard to succeed when you're in that position, in my opinion. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, I, you know, just you got to give the coaching staff and those guys and the players uh, credit. Yeah, I know they haven't won. That's the result, the end game. But, um, you know, it, it has been a little better the last few weeks just not getting that result at the end of the day, which is we're not into moral victories here. But uh, we've seen other uh, times where <laughs> a team can, can kind of give it up towards the end of the year, at least so far, that has not happened for this Jaguars oh, team. Hey, we've got, you know, it's been, it's, uh, it can happen, and it has happened around the league before. Let's come back in a moment, Logs. Let's get into the game this Sunday. The Jags and the Vikings. Mike Glennon will get another start. We'll see what the Jaguars' defensive matchup is this week. It's not ideal for the Jags, but we'll break it all down. And then at 4.30, Tony Baselli joins us as well. 5 o'clock for the Doug Marone Show. We are off and running on a Thursday. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Headquartered right here in Jacksonville, the CSI Companies is one of the fastest growing staffing firms in the nation. As a proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars, CSI knows how important it is to find the right people for your team. See why some of Jacksonville's top companies choose CSI for their staffing needs. Visit thecsicompanies.com or call 800-582-0828 today. That's 800-582-0828 for the CSI Companies. DreamFinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. DreamFinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the DreamFinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at DreamFindersHomes.com. DreamFinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity at ViStar, we believe in better better convenience so members can bank any way they want whether it's at a branch on a mobile device or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free atms across north america we believe that people have better things to do with their time if you believe that convenience is better join ViStar. we never forget that it's your money 
All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Committed to the team, committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. The wait for the holidays is over, America. It's time to make some joy. And we're here to help with the Ford Built for the Holidays sales event. We're offering the best deals of the season across the Ford lineup, so you can road trip with the whole family comfortably in a Ford Expedition. Bring home a tree that's bigger than you ever have with a built Ford Tough F-150. And find new ways to make the holidays bright this year when you visit your local Ford dealer. The joy is up to you, America, so let's get to it. Ford, built for the holidays. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented in part by TIAA Bank. Created to serve, built to perform. Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. And Baptist Health, changing health care for good. You know, the time that he's had in the National Football League has helped him. And I can remember him in college at NC State. You know, I think he didn't have a great offensive line, but he's always had a great feel for sitting in the pocket, waiting till the last second to deliver the ball. Uh, and he will take some hits because of that and possibly throw some air balls because of that. But uh, he's got a great feel for the pocket, good understanding of the game, concepts, defenses, protections. Uh, I think the receivers and everybody like his uh, urgency in the huddle communication. All that stuff plays a major role pre-snap. Uh, I think Mike is probably our best option right now. Uh, Post-snap, I think all three of them do some great things. And obviously Mike showed some flash of being uh, really productive for us and, and the best option this week. Jay Gruden, offensive coordinator, discussing the decision to start Mike Glennon this week by head coach Doug Marone against the Vikings. And welcome back. Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Flogeman coming up in just a few minutes, 12 minutes or so. Tony Baselli scheduled at 4.30 today. So Mike Glennon gets the start again. And you heard him there, Logs. The, a lot of the pre-snap stuff uh, just felt a little... Uh, I guess cleaner, smoother with Glennon in there. He's been in the league for a long time. That's a big reason why. And uh, what would you think of Glennon last week? And what can we expect now in round number two for the vet? Well, I, I think it, you would expect things to be cleaner going from a Jake Luton to a Mike Glennon. After all, Mike Glennon's got a lot more experience and not necessarily a ton of more game experience because now he's six and I think 17 as a starter. So it's not like he's got 10 years of starting under his belt, but certainly a lot more than Jake Luton. But he, he's got, look, he's been around. He's, he's been in this system before. And when I say this system, last year he was with the Raiders. And so he was with Jay's brother, John, and the systems are very similar. And so I think that helps. But the reality is, is that Mike Glennon is what he is, JP, and that's a journeyman quarterback. And uh, it's nice to have him kind of be a steady force for an offense. But at the same token, there's no excitement associated with Mike Glennon being the Jaguars quarterback because 
you realize that he is a journeyman quarterback. And the excitement will come hopefully one day when this team finds a franchise quarterback that can lead them on to big things in the National Football League. And so uh, I hope that Mike Glennon plays well, and I hope he continues to get a little bit better because the inactivity that he's had for a significant amount of time doesn't help any quarterback. But I like the way that he protected the football. But he missed some throws in the game that could have been uh, the difference in winning and losing. And hopefully he can make those throws this week against a Minnesota Vikings team that is going to be able to put up a lot of points on the board. There's Make no mistake about it, the Vikings are going to score some points. Right. We'll get to that matchup against the Jaguars defense here in a little bit. Let's hear from Mike Glennon, his review of last week's game, how he found out he was going to start for a second straight week. As far as the conversation, there really wasn't much. Uh, Doug just told me we're going with you again this week. Uh, I was left at that. Um, as far as week to week, I mean, I understand it. It's a performance-based industry and, you know, all of us have, have shown flashes and it's about consistency and, um, you know, I get it. Yeah, Doug Marone earlier this week, Logs said that I was asked, hey, is, is this Glennon's gig for the rest of the year? He's like, whoa, whoa, we, we know we're, every position is day to day, week to week in the NFL, including the quarterback position down the stretch here. He could have a couple of weapons back on the field outside Conley and Chark. The receivers have both been limited this week on the practice field. Uh, they both missed last week's game. Colin Johnson stepped up and had a big game for him on the, the nice long touchdown run and took advantage of his opportunity to step in there last week. And, of course, Logs, when, when you have a guy like James Robinson playing as well as he is and as reliable as he is, that helps everybody on offense when you can get that running game going and then obviously uh, bring some guys, uh, you know, moving guys around on the defense and, when you have James Robinson doing his thing, that helps everybody else out too. Well, there's no doubt, and James Robinson's coming off his career best game as far as total yardage output in, uh, in a ball game, and, and he's, a, he's a great player. I mean, make no mistake about it. The only thing that James Robinson doesn't have is the breakaway speed to where he can just run away from a pack. But he's got everything else. He's got the decision-making, the vision, the efficiency, and the power. Uh, the commitment, the smarts, he's got everything that you want. And on the Colin Johnson touchdown, I don't know if you happen to watch Jags Wired last night, JP, but uh, I telestrated this play on the board and then going to be doing it again. We're going to show it again tonight on Jaguars All Access. And on the Colin Johnson touchdown catch, I called it the J-Rob effect because the mm. Cleveland Browns were up in the box with the safety, which makes eight. And so you're leaving the corners a little bit out on the island with a deep middle safety. And whether you play a three deep zone in that situation or you decide to match up in man, it's still leaving the corners essentially out on an island. And so they ran a clearing route by Keelan Cole on the left. And then Colin Johnson was running a crossing route all the way across the field and the Browns were in man. But there was no safety to help that corner cover Colin Johnson because that safety was worrying about James Robinson. And Jay Gruden talked about this play, I think, yesterday, which kind of made me happy because that's the play that I picked to draw. I'm like, cool, the coordinator picked one that I really like. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just cool to see how defenses react to James Robinson. And they respect him. They respect the running game. They brought the eighth guy in the box with the play-action fake. 
all of those eight guys were moving forward so that none of them were able to recover to be a factor on the Colin Johnson catch, and it was a touchdown. So one of the reasons why that James Robinson is a really good football player, and, and, I, and I just hate to think of where this organization, this franchise would be without him this year because he's been steady, he's been good, and on a football team that has really had little else that's been steady and good. Uh, as far as the wide receivers go, it's nice to have DJ Chark back. It's nice to have Chris Conley back. But at the same token, I also think that Keelan Cole's a good football player, especially a good football player when he's playing the X position, which is probably a little bit more natural position. And then Chris Conley's a good football player too, but I also like Colin Johnson. So I don't want to say there's um, no drop-off when these guys played last week because DJ Chark's a Pro Bowl caliber type player. So there is some drop-off, but not as much, I think, as with some, some teams at that position. That's the one position the Jaguars have done a pretty good job personnel-wise with is the wide receiver group. One more uh, note here on Robinson since we're kind of on the topic here. I mean, you, you mentioned all that, bringing extra guys in the box now. He's facing that a lot of times, and he's still producing with, with all that stuff. And he's still, and we, we had the stat last week, he's only had 11 negative runs all year. Well, that's still true. He didn't have any last week. He just keeps building onto it, somehow finds a way to always get forward, even though now, especially this time of year, teams know what – uh, what he has to offer. That, that says something about the way he's played this season, which is remarkable to see. Well, no doubt, because if you're an opponent and you're, you're the defensive coordinator, what are you worrying about? Are you worrying about Gardner <laughs> Minshew or Mike Glennon or Jake Luton? Hell no. You know, you're, you're, you're worrying about James Robinson and, uh, and then just keeping your, say, your one safety back to prevent a big play. You know, so I give James Robinson a lot of credit. And one of the plays uh, that I also illustrated last night for uh, Jaguar JP. You remember when the Jaguars were on the potential game tying drive and they came out and they were throwing the ball around a little bit and they had some success. And, and I made the comment during the broadcast to say, hey, don't forget about James Robinson. Well, the very next play, they hand the ball off to James Robinson. It was kind of like a draw look because Glennon was in the shotgun and he reaches over to his right and hands the ball to James Robinson. And it was such a thing of beauty of what James Robinson did on that play because the Browns had what essentially was a six-man box. And the Jaguars had their five offensive linemen, so you got to find somebody to block that sixth guy in the box. Well, Tyler Eifert was split out, and he was a little bit detached from the offensive line group. So he has to come all the way into the formation and block a linebacker. And it's a very hard block, and it requires a little bit of time. So when James is hitting this on the draw, he actually kind of veers back to the side where Tyler Eifert is at to allow the linebacker to freeze just enough to allow Eifert to get in position. And then also that allows Brandon Linder, the center, to get a little bit better position on the tackle. And then he breaks it off to the left side where you have the guard in the center or the guard in the left tackle kind of crossing, blocking an end and linebacker combination. It was a thing of beauty. I mean, an absolute thing of beauty where James set this up. And, you know, like I've watched Jaguars running backs for a long time, ever since this team came in existence from Fred Taylor to Maurice Jones-Drew. And Fred was an unbelievable talent, a Hall of Fame caliber back, and Maurice Jones-Drew, a special back. And, and, I, and I don't want to say that they never did anything like that, but they didn't quite have that knack 
for setting up things because they just had great speed. They just go, you know, and they beat people run, with speed everybody. and power. Yeah, and and James can't do that. He he's not a guy that's just going to outrun anybody, but he's going to out efficient people and he's going to outsmart people. And that that play JP was an absolute thing of beauty. And if you haven't seen it, hopefully the Jaguars put it up on Twitter because uh, it's. And I'm not trying to. To, you know, pump myself up here. This is about James Robinson and, and the play that and the job that he did on this particular play. Everybody watch the Jeff Logovan segment on Twitter coming up a little bit late. I'm kidding, of course. Uh, I hope great it's play, on of course. For... <laughs> if not, it will be soon. That's not We're back in a moment, though, JP. I, I, oh, I, I it's to... mine either. It's not my either. department. I, you know, so I think it's Joe Fortunato's department. Maybe he. It knows. might be. It might be. We'll find out. Let's take a time out. Uh, it might be Tony Vaselli's department. We'll see what he has to say. Definitely not. He'll join department. us in a moment. No, probably not. We're halfway home on Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. If something's been hurting, aching, or bothering you, don't ignore it any longer. It's time to take care of your health again. It's time to make an appointment with a Baptist Health primary care doctor or specialist. Call 904-202-4U to schedule a virtual visit or see a doctor in person at a Baptist Health location. The time for better health is here. Call 904-202-4YOU or visit GetBetterJacks.com. Hey Jacksonville, this is Joe Adib from Bono's. I just want to let you know that we have now reopened all of our dining rooms. We appreciate all the love that you have showed us during this crisis. For over 71 years, we have been here for you through good times and bad. Our award-winning barbecue and our unbelievable staff look forward to seeing you soon. Be safe. Tropical Smoothie Cafe. One taste and you're feeling good now, smiling wider now, seeing brighter now. Bucket dunking now, staying now. Popping a wheelie now, living lighter now. You're on Tropic Time now. And on Mondays, try our Jaguars Duval Delight Smoothies for $2.99. And you're roaring louder now, end zone dancing now, sipping spirit now. You're on Tropic Time now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe. The wait for the holidays is over, America. It's time to make some joy. And we're here to help with the Ford Built for the Holidays sales event. We're offering the best deals of the season across the Ford lineup, so you can road trip with the whole family comfortably in a Ford Expedition. Bring home a tree that's bigger than you ever have with a built Ford Tough F-150. And find new ways to make the holidays bright this year when you visit your local Ford dealer. The joy is up to you, America, so let's get to it. Ford, built for the holidays. 
Jaguars fans, here's a great way to pay with pride wherever you go. Exclusively from TIAA Bank, the Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features, along with the convenience to make purchases online or at millions of locations worldwide. And it's yours, free, when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Order yours today. Visit TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented in part by DreamFinders Homes. Homes that fit your lifestyle. Next Grill, everyone's invited. And Adeco. Visit adecousa.com. You know, everything in this league is day to day, week to week. You know, and I think, um, you know, especially when we're having a season, you know, that we're having right now and we're trying to get ourselves focused on uh, Minnesota, to, you know, for a win. So, you know, I, I think I'd be, it'd be, It'd be naive of me to say, you know, um, that every every position, you know what I'm saying, has to play well, you know, from week to week. And if we feel like someone else behind them can produce better or give us a better chance to win, and I think we'll, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and make that move. So I don't want to put it just on the one position. It's really all positions that we're looking at, you know, being able to do that. Head coach Doug Marone earlier this week, that was his answer to the question uh, if Glennon had had the job the rest of the year at quarterback, and uh, he put it on all positions, and that's where the Jaguars are right now, 10 consecutive losses. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Tony Vaselli joins us now on the program. Uh, Tony, good afternoon, first of all. Good to see you. How are we, how are um, we doing? We're hanging in there. Tony, how you doing? I'm doing outstanding, JP. A little chilly for me, but I'm doing good. It's like 70 degrees outside this afternoon. Well, there's yeah. no doubt about it. I'm soft. It's 100% true. for a long time. time. It's, like a, it's like a warm day out there today. <laughs> it's really yeah, you I got my, is. Well, you can see I got my, uh, what's it called on? My hoodie. I see that. Yes, inside. Uh, you know, you can turn on the heat indoors too. Let's get to the big news of the week, though. We, we, we obviously have discussed this on Monday with you, Tony. But uh, a few days have gone by now since the Dave Caldwell firing. Um, anything new, at least in your mindset about that? And you know, now you just know what's going to happen. That's there's going to be change and. Uh, we're going to have an interesting first week of January, it feels like. Well, I mean, I think I mean, we, we all sensed it was coming. I, don't, I, I guess we didn't know the timing, but we knew it was coming and that it was probably inevitable based on the record and kind of how the season was going. And, um, and that's where we ended up, and that's where we are now. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, and that's uh, where it's going to be. I don't, know if there's ever, I don't know if there's ever the right time to do anything, but but I do know this: when you have three other organizations in the National Football League that already had 
uh, relieve their general managers of duties. And if you want to be, I don't want to say in the race, but if you want to be in the conversation with certain people, because even though around the league it's, it's, it's expected that you wait until the season to finish before you start talking to people, the reality is, is that those conversations happen all the time before season's end. And so if you want to be able to, I don't want to say be first in line, but be in the mix, you know, you got to go ahead and, and start having those conversations. 100%, because, I mean, you look at the number of jobs that are already open, yet Houston open, you have uh, Atlanta open, and then uh, Detroit fi- fired their GM the week before. So it's, and you have head coaches. I think there's going to be as many as seven or eight jobs open this year. So, um, we're still waiting to see what's going to happen with Doug Marone. But uh, if you want to have your GM in place to allow and to work with that individual to pick your head coach, I, I imagine you want it done before that, you know, pretty quickly once the season ends because it's going to be a mad rush, I think, for head coaches. Now, part of that, too, is that you can't talk to GM candidates who are still have a season going on, right? I mean, you have to wait until – Come on. Uh, all that that's stuff. That's what I'm that's talking about there, JP. That's, I mean, that's yeah, a but you, rule. But you can talk to their agent. the rules? No. No, JP, that, those conversations happen. I mean, look, what would be wrong if somebody that was aligned with ownership decided to call an agent and say, hey, look, you know, we really like your guy and just want to let you know that we understand that we can't have a conversation with your guy. He's got a job right now, but we just want to let you know that, hey, we want to talk to him at the end of the year. And here's kind of the parameters, what we were thinking about the job description, our you know, pay is probably going to be somewhere around this. But, you know, hey, look, we don't want to talk to your client. We just want to give you an idea of what the parameters are. I mean, look, the reality is that that happened. And, uh, and if, if the, the league continues to, I don't want to say turn a blind eye to it and not admit it because they, it's not like they're addressing it, but the reality is that those things happen. So there you have it. The uh, Let's get back to this game now. Well, we got plenty of time, obviously, to talk about the, the GM role and everything moving ahead. And uh, we'll have, as we said, an interesting first week of January. This week, it's an interesting week for the Jaguars' defense against a Minnesota Vikings team that uh, all of a sudden is – getting warm, especially on the offensive side. Kirk Cousins with a 100 rating or better the last five weeks. They're 4-1 in that span. Thielen is off the COVID list this week. Jefferson is in the running for Rookie of the Year at receiver. They've got the running back, Dalvin Cook, second in the league in attempts and yardage. And, Tony, they've got it going really well. And the matchup against this Jaguars defense, I must say, is not ideal. Let's put it that way. Well, is there an ideal matchup right now for the Jags defense based on all the injuries they've had? Probably and all that's not. going on. Probably. I mean, not. maybe the, maybe Probably the Jets not. would be a good one. I mean, a team that hasn't won a football game this year. So no, it's tough, and they got good players. And, and Kirk Cousins is coming off the um, uh, uh, NFC Player of the uh, Week um, last week after a really good game, over three hundred yards, three touchdowns, um, played outstanding football, brought their team back late against the Carolina Panthers. So. You know, we know about Dalvin Cook. He's a little beat up. Um, I think the one good thing is it's not a real physical offensive line, and so maybe you can get after that a little bit, but they got some good, really good skilled players. Really good skilled players, and including the tight end group, even though Irv Smith is, is dinged up and didn't practice yesterday and today. Uh, Rudolph's a good player and two good receivers, and 
Uh, pretty interesting. I know Tony's a big subscriber to PFF, but he's like the highest rated receiver, according to PFF, that there is in the National Football League, which, look, I know that a lot of times you can take some of that stuff and throw it out the window, particularly when it comes to offensive linemen. But for the skill players, uh, some of that stuff, I think, is definitely applicable and can be used. But uh, to have the highest rating of a wide receiver by PFF, that's a pretty pretty strong accomplishment. And if you look at him as far as yardage, I think he's eighth, but in receptions, he's 24th. And so that ought to tell you that every time he touches the ball, he's gaining a lot of yards. Good player. I guess there's, yeah, good player. And uh, how about the Jaguars secondary this week? Curious to see who's back. Sidney Jones sniffing around there. He could be back. Could Josh Jones be back on the back end? Uh, they need all the help they can get, certainly this week, Logs. Yeah, they, they need uh, Sidney Jones, I would think, uh, more than anybody. And I know that uh, Josh Jones could be back, but uh, he's more of, think of a box type of safety. If he were more of a free type of safety, then I would say, yeah, that's a great, great to get him back. But Sidney Jones, no doubt. I mean, he's, he's your, your best corner. He was your best corner, even when, when you had C.J. Henderson that was out there on the field. He's been consistent. I think he ended up starting about five games. This will be number six if he's able to play. And it looks like he's practicing now, so that's a positive sign. Uh, but the issue is, is that they have two really good receivers. So can Trey Herndon, if he's going to be the starter on the opposite side, can he handle that? And then what would you do at the nickel spot? Does Scott still play the nickel? And he struggled a little bit against Landry, who's not exactly a speedy guy in the Cleveland Browns. Or would Barku be a potential nickel guy? I don't see that happening. But uh, the reality uh, yeah, is, is this Jaguars think, secondary I, I, has a lot of challenges. Jeff, I don't think Barku is a short short area guy that you need to be a nickel. No, I mean, he's not. definitely, he's an outside guy. So, Dalvin yeah, the Cook, crazy thing is that who, else, who else do yes. you play? You know, do, do you have any other guys that you can play? I mean, you got Greg Maben, and he's been with the Jaguars, I think, for two days of practice prior to the game last week. And can, can he get up to speed on what the Jaguars are doing to be a player, and the reality is, anytime you claim a player off of waivers, I mean, what type of quality player are you talking about? I mean, he's probably a journeyman type of player because that's how you got him. So, uh, the other question I think that is in my mind is that you know you you lose Devon Hamilton because I mean, first and foremost, you got to stop Dalvin Cook, and if you don't yep. have Devon Hamilton, what do you do? I mean, who who's going to play the nose? And who's going to play the three? And and can Costin play the nose? And if he plays yeah. the nose, who's going to yes. play the three technique? And it's not like there's a plethora of defensive linemen on this roster or on the practice squad. Right. The, the depth is certainly an issue there uh, on the defensive line now, and that's where it starts on the defensive side, uh, certainly against Cook. You know, he, Dalvin's one of the most explosive backs in the league. We know about Henry, but uh, the, the way this guy runs, uh, Tony, is just he can break it at any moment. Uh, superstar speed for Cook. Well, he's he's so elusive, JP, to your point. I mean, he's a guy who is shifty. He's great in the open field. He's a good receiver, great in the screen, screen game. Um, and he, he's not a powerful guy, but he has sneaky power. He'll run through arm tackles. Um, I mean, I thought, and Jeff, I mean, you remember, I thought he was one of the best backs coming out of the draft. I mean, it was the Leonard Fournette and McCaffrey draft. I thought he was just dynamic watching him at Florida State. So um, he's proven Yeah, you that. thought he was the he, best he, of the he, bunch. I did. I, I mean, I think he's just a stud. Now, obviously, McCaffrey's probably ended up being the best in the bunch. No doubt about that. Um, but he is uh, super impressive. 
had that early knee injury in his career, but has certainly bounced back from that. Let's come back in a moment. Uh, one final segment. Uh, Jared Wilson nominated for an award. We'll get to that coming up, and we'll see if we can get James Robinson a Pro Bowl vote or, or Pro Bowl vote or two. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars fans, did you know that with Drizzly, you can get Tito's Handmade Vodka delivered to your door in under 60 minutes? Well, you can. And now they're giving all fans $10 off their first order. Use the code JAGS10 at checkout. Just download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com and make sure you're all set to mix it up with Tito's Handmade Vodka for the perfect game day. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. And remember to use the special code JAGS10 to save $10 on your first order. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Crafted to be savored responsibly. DreamFinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. DreamFinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the DreamFinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at DreamFindersHomes.com. DreamFinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity the best thing about working at fair and farrah is all of the employees we all work together it's extremely enjoyable to come to work every day there's a, um, a common cause or goal no matter what your job is we're all there for the client we are dedicated to our clients 100 percent we do everything it takes to maximize the value of their claims fair and fair is really the fair family when they choose us they choose a family to fight for them and to protect them and to make sure that they're in a good place and that they have somebody on their side farrah and farrah here for you, here for good, Jacksonville. Like working outdoors and want better pay and benefits? Superior Fence and Rail is seeking full-time fence installers with pay ranging from $16 to $25 an hour and more with commercial experience. Superior Fence and Rail will train you to work with their professional team and provide you with all the tools you need to be a top-notch installer. Get off the fence. Call Superior Fence and Rail today and start your career. Hey, Jags fans, did you know you can ride your bike to every Jaguars home game at TIAA Bank Field and valet park it for free? That's right. Stop by our bicycle check-in tent, sponsored by Alert Today Florida, near Gate 1 at TIAA Bank Field. An on-duty Zencog bike professional will park your bike and ensure it's secured during the game. When the game's over, return your claim ticket and pick up your bike. For cycling safety tips, visit alerttodayflorida.com. Remember, Alert Today, alive tomorrow, because safety doesn't happen by accident. At ViStar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch, an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Sunday was tough. 
there, there's no doubt um, sitting and watching it on TV. Um, uh, there was some obviously some frustration, uh, but at the same time, I really like to see how the guys went out there and competed in this adverse situation. And, uh, you know, obviously we fell short and that's not what our goal is. Um, but but I think there's a lot of credit to our players through this um, transition this past week. Todd Wash, defensive coordinator today. He missed last week's game and had to watch it from a hotel room where he was quarantined for 10 straight days. Welcome back. Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli, Jeff Lagerman, the Jags and the Vikings coming up and uh, the coaching staff Kind of getting back together. Todd Wash back in the practice field this week. Jason Rebrovich is back. Stooks is still away from the team. But, uh, yeah, that was a lot of uh, moving parts last week for the Jaguars on defense on the practice field and then uh, on the, the game field as well. Joe Dana had to call the plays on defense a week ago, and I think Todd's glad to be out of that hotel room, Logs. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, do you think? Uh... Look, I don't think they like locked him up or anything and said you can't go anywhere. But uh, uh, and look, he didn't want to talk a whole lot about the COVID situation. But uh, tough situation to be in. And uh, well, we're looking uh, credit at to him and also the staff because they were able to be involved actively all week long in the game plan. And and Doug Marone talked about it later in the week. He said, look, you know, we didn't have our guys, which was essentially for about two hours a day, which was a practice. He said, but everywhere else they were involved and in. so uh glad i mean what a tough situation to be in and that you have an extremely young defense and then all of a sudden you're hit with four significant injuries to where four guys have to go on ir and you start to play guys that haven't played and they're rookies and now you've got to get them ready to play but yet your coaches can't be there to instruct them and to encourage them and as a player that's got to be a little bit of a lonely feeling but uh uh, that's just the way it is in this COVID world we live in, that's for sure. No doubt. Avery Jones was out there running defensive line drills last week for a little while, Tony. <laughs> Listen, it's, it was tough sledding. Give the guys credit because they worked hard and they figured out a way to get around it. Um, it was less than ideal. Listen, none of us are living in an ideal world right now. Um, and it's tough and, it's, and you hated uh, for the coaching staff to have to go through that. But I give the players a lot of credit because they came out and fought. They played hard. It's one thing that this team has done consistently. I feel like that's going to be the case down the stretch, too, with the five to go. Uh, on defense, the uh, Jaguars have veteran safety Jared Wilson on the team. He missed some time early in the year on IR, but he's been back out there. And the Jaguars have nominated Wilson for the Athletes in Action Bart Starr Award. This is the award that Calais Campbell won a couple years ago and uh, it's uh, for the nfl player who best exemplifies outstanding character and leadership in the home on the field and in the community so congratulations to jared wilson for the nomination and well-deserving logs yeah he's uh and i don't know if, if you guys have had a chance to talk with him at any extended period of time but when when we were up in minnesota with the practices with the minnesota vikings what was that a year ago i guess it was uh, I, I had the chance to talk with him and visit with him a couple different times, and he's one of the most fun guys and interesting guys to talk to, extremely intelligent, loves ball, uh, uh, definitely have great conversations with him about football, but also a lot of other things, and, and Todd Walsh just glows about him. Todd Walsh talked today extensively about Jared Wilson, about how much of a leader he is and how he commands the room and how guys respect him, and that's a lot. I mean, that's a, a tremendous 
saying about him. And the one thing that we notice, I think, as as just football fans and obviously analysts for for the Jaguars, is that how much better the Jaguars secondary plays when Jared Wilson is back there versus when he's not back there as a group. And I think that's the, the most significant compliment you can give anybody in that, boy, the team just plays better when they've got him. Uh, and everybody else plays better around him because of him. And so uh, I don't know if you can say enough positive things about a Jared Wilson. He had to bide his time around here, Tony, and kind of back up those guys from that 2017 team. And he's kind of hung around, and now he's got his opportunity in the, in the secondary here, Tony. Well, yeah, he started off as a special teams guy. And he worked his tail off and, you know, was a guy that, you know, was had to fight every year. And uh, I think he showed glimpse early that, like, hey, this is a guy who's going to um, work his tail off on, uh, on uh, special teams. And when he got in there, he looked like he could do some nice things. You know, you know who else is like that a little bit this year in a smaller sample size is Daniel Thomas. I mean, if you look at – and you talk to the coaches, he kind of set the tone on um, how, he, how he performed on special teams. And I think that earned the trust that when he went out there, he'd be okay. And I think Gerald Wilson did the same thing over a longer period of time, obviously, because he had guys who were established starters in front of him. Um, and so good for him. So now the next trick is to see if uh, we can get James Robinson a Pro Bowl nod. There won't be a game this year, of course, but there still will be a Pro Bowl team picked. And, you know, he's got a shot. It's a tough, it's a, it's a little bit of a long shot, though, considering the record and everything going on. But if he p- keeps putting up numbers... You never know, right, guys? James Robinson could get there. I think so. I mean, uh, it's going to be – I mean, I think he deserves it. But at the same token, will he get there, JP? That's a, that's a tough ask because playing on a 1-10 in 10 small market football team that hasn't been very good lately, and that's, that's hard to accomplish. The reality is, though, that he deserves to be on a Pro Bowl uh, AFC squad. How many tailbacks do they take? I mean, they take like two or three guys, right? Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, I mean, just think it's tough. Right. I think it's I think it's really tough. I mean, you look at the AFC and you look at running backs. I mean, you have to start looking at the guys who are on, you know, kind of established teams. I mean, you have you have two backs in in Cleveland, in both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. One of them for sure. Possibly both of those guys could end up going. Yeah, Derrick Henry. Obviously, he's in there. That leaves one spot. Um, and if you go through it, I mean, it becomes really difficult for a guy, as Jeff said, not, you know, no one's paying attention. The Jaguars have lost 10 straight, small market, undrafted guy. So um, I think – I, I, do I think he deserves a shot? Absolutely. I think, and uh, JP, we talked about it. If this was a normal year where they actually played the Pro Bowl and there was going to be a bunch of alternates, I think he for sure ends up in Orlando or wherever the heck they were going to have the game this year. So um, – right. Yeah, I mean, he, he, is, he has been remarkable. I don't care if he makes the Pro Bowl or not. He has had a remarkable year. Jeff has said it multiple times on the broadcast. Where would this team be without him? Wouldn't be good. Great question. No, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't be, be good. good. Well, Josh I mean, Jacobs, yeah. another guy. Yeah, Josh Jacobs, another yeah, guy. Josh, Josh to watch Jacobs is for. good, JP. But, uh, I mean, look, Josh Jacobs also has a team that's been pretty competitive. I mean, the Jaguars have one win, and and I think Jay Gruden said it last week. He said, can you imagine what James Robinson's output would be if the Jaguars were able to play with a lead occasionally towards the end of a ball game, And where you can hand the ball off to James Robinson, allow him 
to kill the clock and get more touches. I mean, that uh, would be tremendous. But uh, but nonetheless, I think I think the the people in the National Football League that watch film and and watch it, I think they appreciate James Robinson. I mean, every week that the Jaguars get ready to face somebody from Mike Tomlin on down to every other coach that the Jaguars have faced, one of the first name out of their mouths has been James Robinson. The fan base, I think, you know, when I say the fan base, the NFL fan base, there may be a lot of them that still don't even know who the hell James Robinson is. I mean, that's just the reality. Like Tony said, he was undrafted. And when you come in and you're undrafted, nobody knows who you are. So that all of a sudden they keep seeing a name. The one thing I think that has helped James Robinson, I think has helped every NFL player, is the fantasy output. Because James has continued to be a pretty good fantasy player. And I'm sure there are some people out there that drafted him really late. And we're very happy to have him. But fantasy certainly helps the exposure for a guy like James Robinson. Certainly does. Uh, final thoughts about the game coming up Sunday. The Jaguars and the Vikings. The Jags at 1-10. and 10. The Vikings need the game certainly to keep pace in the NFC playoff picture. The offense is playing well up there. Historically, obviously a tough place to play. But uh, the fans will not be an issue this week. Tony, what is your feeling uh, on Thursday going into Sunday's game? Listen, it's tough for all the things we talked about. They got really good skill set. Of skill positions, and uh, this is a team that's beat up defensively. Um, you know, they're not great defensively them, themselves, so maybe you can get something going and, and score some points. Um, we talked about James Robinson, but going up to Minnesota for with a, playing a team that's fighting to stay in the playoff hunt, you've lost 10 in a row. I think it's tough. It's, it's a tough task. Yeah, definitely a tough task. The Minnesota Vikings are a little bit on a roll. They've won four out of their last five. They can score some points. Their defense is young, though, and so if, if Mike Glennon can get a little hot, get a little bit better than what he was this past game, and the receivers can have significant games against a very young secondary, then they got a chance, you know, and this football team, I'm not counting them out. I mean, Doug Marone's been, I think, over the last number of weeks has gotten this team to play extremely hard and, and to be extremely competitive, and the reality is I think that that's a job that I think has been done with some players that uh, aren't exactly the best in the world. So uh, if they can do it again against the Minnesota Vikings, then kudos to them. That would be a nice, nice day at the office if the Jags can get something done, certainly this week at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. Tony, thank you for the time. We will talk to you a little bit later. Always great to be with you guys. Tony Baselli is out of here. Pride of the Jaguars left tackle. Uh, final thoughts, logs, uh, all access tonight. What do you got on all access? Uh, we got me, Brent Martineau, and NJP. I, I talked about the James Robinson effect earlier in the show, and tonight we're actually going to draw it up and show you how the Cleveland Browns reacted to a James Robinson and how it cleared the path and opened it up for Colin Johnson's touchdown catch. So tune in for that. We also have Josh. Alan, going to talk to him a little bit and see how he's doing. And, of course, uh, the ever-lovable Brent Martineau, which I know you're a big fan of his, and you'll tune in just to watch him. That's right. Uh, Must-see TV tonight, all-access uh, Fox 30 <laughs> at uh, 7 o'clock, and that'll come up in just a little bit. Uh, before we get to that, though, the Doug Marone Show is coming up in just a few minutes. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach from his office at TIAA Bank Field as the Jaguars Head into this Week 13 matchup against the Minnesota Vikings, trying to snap this 10-game skid. They'll try to do it on the road. Mike Glennon getting the start at quarterback for the second straight week. 
and we'll see if the defense can get some guys back to, back on the on the field this Sunday to match up against this Vikings offense. That's all coming up. The Doug Marone Show right around the corner. Our thanks to Tony Baselli for Jeff Lagerman. I'm J.P. Shadrick. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. <laughs>